Building Years Podcast with Justin Alexio and Jeremiah Watkins. New episodes every Wednesday. Welcome to the show. What's up, Building Years? This is Jeremiah Watkins. It's Justin Alexio. It's Friday. You guys getting paid today? Yeah, let's hope so. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe uh, you're not. <laughs> it's a bad day for you. <laughs> now that we're done with uh, that worthless banter at the top <laughs> of the show, uh, let's segue organically into our guest who is here in the house, in the studio. Uh, please welcome our buddy Grant Lyon to the program. Hello, everybody. And I want to say... You guys were so excited about starting your podcast there. I could just hear it in your voice. Hey, hey. yeah, Friday. All right. It's Friday. <laughs> yep, we're we're uh, we're excited. We're more we're more excited now that you're talking okay. with yeah. us. Oh, thank Justin you. And I, I Justin it. and I get sick of each other because yeah. we 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 talk to each other so much. We're like, all right, I gotta hear another story about your mom. You're like uh, playing good cop, bad cop with the audience. Pretty when you're like <laughs> pretty much. You're bad cop to each other and then you introduce the guests to make me look like good cop yeah. thank you i appreciate that absolutely as as much as we can hoist up the guests <laughs> yeah. on our shoulders to the audience yeah we yeah justin usually says at the top of some podcast it's your boy justin alexio your favorite host and i'm like oh, come on man we're start we're starting this <laughs> a lot of this. ya apostrophes huh <laughs> your boy your no, boy no your boy your boy your boy b-o-i <laughs> Dude, so uh, thank you for coming on uh, the show. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. All the way from Mar Vista, you little yeah. beach bum. I am, man. I actually, uh, my girlfriend and I uh, bought a uh, surfboard earlier, like oh. last spring, so we could like learn how to surf. So we just go out and surf, like not that often, but enough to try to like actually learn. take advantage of the beach over there. Yeah, I mean, we're both terrible, and we always <laughs> choose to like we walk out, look at the beach, and if there's a bunch of people there, we're like, no, not today. <laughs> we only Too go close. when it's empty out there because we don't want people laughing at us. How long have how you been with your girlfriend? Uh, about a year now. See, I don't. I've never bought anything with a girlfriend. I'm too afraid. I'm like, what if we well, break up? And then oh. I'm gonna lose this surfboard. Yeah, but it was like 160 bucks. It was like a Costco soft top, like <laughs> a surfboard for eight year olds that we're like learning on. So <laughs> Justin's like, again, 160 dollars. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can make that commitment. Yeah, don't know if that's possible. Uh-huh. Uh, I see. Uh, uh, I follow you uh, on social media and, hey, thanks, and stuff buddy. like that. Yeah, and uh, you are. I would say, uh, out of the comedians that I know, you do a lot on the road. You do like a hey, lot. You little road, road dogging. Yeah, yeah. I do. I try to keep it. I try to keep. Honestly, what I try to do is keep it balanced. Like half my time in L.A., half my time on the road, like headlining clubs or yeah. stuff like that. Uh, now, whenever you headline, do you do clubs and colleges, like a mix? Yes. Uh, and it's funny, they always sort of come in waves for me. Like yeah. a couple years ago, I was doing almost all colleges. I was doing like nothing but colleges. And then the next year after that, I was doing like tons of comedy clubs. And then the year after that, it was kind of like a mix of both. Yeah. So it's weird how just... I started really headlining by doing colleges. I was featuring on the road doing comedy, which yeah. is really fun, but you can't make a living being a oh, feature no way. when no you're way. making like $400 a weekend and your flight costs 350 bucks <laughs> from California to get there. So 
I did a lot of featuring when I was, you know, newer in my career because I just wanted to get better at comedy. Of course. And I was like, I don't, I don't give a shit. As long as I break even, I'm doing it. And yeah. so I was poor as fuck for a while, <laughs> uh, but loving it. You know what I mean? I yeah. lived in, when I was in San Francisco, I lived in a breakfast nook uh, for $400 <laughs> a month. How uh, did wait, now? How did you swing? How did you get in there? Like, like what was I, your into this? I knew a couple. Night? I knew the two girls that lived in this apartment, and they were like, "Ah, oh, we want to keep it cheaper. We got this like breakfast nook that we could kind of turn into a bedroom." And I was like, "Done, done. into it." The place I lived before that. You had to walk through my room to get into another bedroom. <laughs> so it wasn't so much a room that I lived in as much as it was a space. Uh, and so I was just doing that and featuring for a long time. And then and then I moved to L.A. when I was like, I can't I can't do this forever. Like, I can't. Yeah, I can't be on the road featuring anonymously for the rest of my life. Like, that sounds like the worst. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, all right, I'll move to L.A. and really focus on like getting TV credits and all that sort of stuff so that then I could go out and headline and not be the feature and actually make some money. Sure. Uh, and so that's why I stayed in L.A. and I really didn't leave my first like year and a half in L.A. Yeah. And How long have you been in L.A.? No? I've been in L.A. for like three and a half. Cool. Now. So for the first like year and a half, I didn't really leave at all. And then I booked NACA National. Uh, which is which a is, huge uh, deal. Yeah. yeah. And for, nice. It's a... For people out there who don't know what it is, it's like this college conference where all of these college representatives come and watch a bunch of different performers and then like pick who they want to come to their campus. So then I end up booking like 75 colleges or something wow. from that. Jesus. So then that fall oh, you're was just, just swamped, like, right? Yeah, I was, I was gone the whole fall pretty yeah. much. Cause I, was, I mean, I literally, there was at one point I was gone for five weeks straight and stuff like that. But then that sort of the experience and the credits of doing all those colleges headlining that then made comedy clubs be like, all right, we'll headline you now. Yeah. So then I started, now I'm going out and actual like headlining comedy clubs. That's which great. Is pretty cool. Yeah. Now, do you have a preference uh, over college or club or is there, are they just kind of... Oh, uh, well, I mean, from an artistic standpoint, for sure comedy club because... Colleges, you can't get away with saying a bunch of stuff. And yeah. not only, like, the administration does sometimes put handcuffs on you about yeah. what you can and can't say. But even more than that, the kids are dumb. Yeah, like, they don't that's, understand your That's references. the thing is that, like, <laughs> exactly. Like, people, before I went to do colleges, people were like, oh, man, that's going to be so great. Like, such a smart audience. But it's all, like, it's all the freshmen and sophomores yep. Who don't? Who can't go off campus? And they do don't something. know anybody. They don't know anything about yeah. the world either. <laughs> yeah. They're eight. How you're dumb as fuck when you're eighteen. <laughs> like I don't care who you are, how book smart you are, you're dumb. You're dumb when you're eighteen. I was too, and so like there'll be stuff I talk about, or if I say anything like with any edge to it oh, on yeah. colleges, they're like, they tighten up, whoa, <laughs> whoa, this is college, buddy. We don't tolerate that here. Uh, and so it gets really frustrating. I feel like I have to be pretty vanilla yeah. on a college show. So what 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 part of the country feel like you, you do the best? Uh, major cities, regardless of where that is. Um, just because I, I come off a pretty liberal on stage. Okay. And... Whether you agree with me or not, in most major cities, you're willing to listen. You know, whereas yeah. like if you're not in, if it's like not a 
major metropolitan area, it's like, whoa, this is what we believe and don't talk about anything yeah. other than that. Because I've never, I'm never like you're, I'm never like you're an idiot for what for you believe. This, I'm just yeah. saying like, hey, this is what I believe, and this is why I believe it. And, and you don't have to agree to me, but I got a microphone, so you're gonna listen to me. Yeah, and certain <laughs> like, people, yeah. yeah, they they tense up whenever yeah you say stuff like that. Yeah, I did a I, t- I did a college once where I was doing like different impressions, and I felt so old because they weren't the they weren't getting the references for some of my impressions. I'm like, <laughs> this is. And they like weren't even that old. Uh, they of weren't impressions. that old. Of, yeah, I was like, it was like Will Ferrell, and they were like, "What? Who is Will was that? There was like an old school movie like a while ago, <laughs> I guess." Like, uh, like I got off stage, and the headliners like uh, it was Matt Kirshen who was headlining, and I was I was featuring that night, and he's like, uh, "Jeremiah just realized that." Um, uh, he's much older than he thought he was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just love that. I was like, "Yep, yeah. that was a wake-up call for sure." <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's weird. It is weird when you see some of the, like. I mean, now even for us, where like I'll see some comedians like in their sixties or whatever, and you know they come out with impressions of like movies from the seventies, and I'm oh, like, yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> yeah. at all right now. Yeah. Oh. Uh, this is uh this is my Hugh Grant. <laughs> yeah. like, Wasn't that in like the fifties? This is my uh, reenactment of Chinatown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Carrie Grant. I'm getting yeah. references wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh you've been on and off the road. What's uh was that like a hard transition from the from college to headlining the clubs, or was it pretty seamless? With their, they saw your resume, and they're like, oh, we, can, we can just start um, I mean, headlining. It's, you. Look, it's all stepping stones. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, totally. there's no one thing that convinces anybody to like. Oh yeah, do it's just a whole body of work, and and I think that with this the moving on to comedy clubs, it was like relationships I had had maybe from featuring the club like two or three years earlier. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, hey, I just headlined 75 colleges and I just did this. And then yeah. some of them would be like, all right, all right, we'll give you a shot. Like, we thought you were funny as a feature. Like, we'll we'll bring you into headline. And then when more and more people headline you, then you can tell other clubs like, oh, oh I headline this club and this club and this club. I'm, and they're like, all right, well, we'll They feel like they're missing in. out almost probably. Yeah. Like, oh, well, that club is happening then we should definitely yeah totally so it's just all been like a little by little process like that yeah you know? so are you are you living your dream right now like is this what you want for now until the end of time just be on the road doing these clubs and colleges um i i want to be on the road I, i'll always be a stand-up but i don't want to tour anonymously i mean right now i can't sell any tickets people come because they want to see it a night of comedy. They don't come because they see my name and they're like, whoa, we got him. We can't miss this. <laughs> like, you know, at this point, people are like, Grant Line? Well, let's see if he's if he's any good. Like, right, like more right. people show up skeptical wanting to prove you wrong. Uh, it would be nice to get to the point where, like, I have enough credits and things mm-hmm. like that, enough recognizability from TV and film that people will, like, actually come to see me because then i feel like you could get away with doing sort of your what you want to do yeah more so than like ah, i can't really do that joke in this town or something like that that's, you know yeah that's a tough that's totally i i whenever like i'm still uh i'm starting to feature more and more now and uh i definitely can't do certain jokes that i love like it's just like it's just i know that i'm not the headliner and yeah, there's yeah. certain 
they're too weird or they're too big or whatever. I'm like, ah, it's just like, it just doesn't make sense. And it's frustrating creatively. You're like, I want to totally. do this. I remember a good lesson I had with that stuff where like, you know, I started in San Francisco. That's why I started performing. And mm-hmm. like, I don't know, I was probably like 23 or 24 when I first started like going on the road and featuring at comedy clubs. And I remember being in a club in Oregon and I used, I had this bit at the time where I was living with my brother and his wife mm-hmm. uh, up in the Bay Area for a little while. And, and I was saying, like, my mom has said to me that when she was 23, she was married and, and pregnant with her first child. And I'm like, at 23, I'm living in the guest bedroom <laughs> at my brother's house. Like, I have a cherry blossom duvet cover, you know? like, And that joke would do really well in California. And I remember going up one of the first times featuring on the road, and that joke got no laughs at all. And I realized, like... Oh, because it was a more rural area, and I realized, like, oh, you guys do have kids at twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like this is not an appropriate reference yeah. because it's not out of the norm. It's, yes, it's not weird to think about having like growing up in Los Angeles and San Francisco and places like that. Like, yeah. rarely do we know anybody that gets married and has kids in their early twenties. It just yeah. doesn't happen that much in big cities anymore. And that was like the first time I realized, like, oh, not. Everything works everywhere. Oh, like not yeah. every idea translates. To di- I mean, it's kind of ridiculous to think that it would, considering how big the United States is. Like it's we pretty much have like multiple countries. Oh yeah, here that are all conglomerated in this one huge nation. But like, there's like go down to like Louisiana and try to say <laughs> the things you're like they don't know what that. Oh, especially like super like left wing or yeah. stuff. They're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, oh, it's weird. <laughs> uh, I think I met you originally around Iowa West, probably. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. Now you you I know you do a lot of stand up, but you also do some improv and sketch, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. I had a sketch group up in San Francisco when I was up there. And we would do like videos like once a week and that sort of stuff. And then since I've moved down here, I've done a bunch of stuff for like the Growlings or UCB or things like that. Um, and I, you know, I do improv or sketch shows occasionally. I don't do yeah. a lot of them, you know. So I, my main focus is definitely stand up. But I like getting on stage and doing that other stuff when I have a chance because it's fun to like use that different muscle. Yeah. Because it really is, I feel like, a different muscle. It really is. And you, I mean, I know you started really by improv and yeah. stuff like that. And what made you want to like switch more to stand up? Uh, I had always uh, wanted to do stand up growing up, but for whatever reason, I had in my head that you're like, oh, you got to be like 21 to do stand up because you know most bars and places, yeah, it's yeah. 21 and up. So I was like, oh, you just you you can't start before that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, after so the switch for me really was uh um I felt like I could do both within my stand up because I I riff and I improvise a lot quite a bit um on stage within my act and I was like well with stand up I can kind of do both and uh from other people who I talked to at Second City and stuff um they told me there's like they they told me straight up they're like I see that you're doing both just to let you know there's no money in improv yeah, they're like they're like I've been like I I've made my money through TV and stuff like like gotten yeah. credits and things because I've been gotten in the room through improv because I'm a good improviser totally but I do not ever get paid to do improv yeah and I was like hmm <laughs> <laughs> well this, this seems like a pretty uh, it's true I mean that's one of the nicest things about being a comic is that 
you know, most actors or improvisers or other people in the entertainment business here in LA, they like you almost have to get permission to make money. Yeah. Like they have to be cast by someone else or do stuff. If I'm not being cast by anybody else, I'll just go out and make money a different way. I can just go out and make money doing stand up. Like yep. it's nice that I can just do that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't. I don't depend on you. Like yeah. you don't run my life, no, casting director. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's very empowering. Whenever <laughs> certain auditions you go to, and you're like, I killed that, and then you don't book it, and you're like, well, oh, I'm well. gonna go kill it on the stage right now. Yeah, let's, I know. Let's go do that, man. That was like, I took so much solace in stand up when I first moved here because when I first moved to L. A. was when I was like, all right, I'm gonna jump into like doing auditions and I, and I'd done a little bit of that in San Francisco but not to this level and I was taking acting classes and I was doing everything and all of those other things I was like I think I'm good at this but I don't really know yeah you know, I'm I don't really have that much confidence doing this and I would like all day I would be like ah, ah, ah. and then I'd go do stand up and be like yes this is where I feel comfortable right right like this is like my release man cuz I know what I'm doing here I feel good on stage yeah you walk out of an audition, you're like, well, I'm never going to work in this town again. <laughs> I feel like all the time. But you've had some decent luck with uh, commercials over the years, right? Yeah, I actually booked one this week. Oh, I'm, congratulations. I'm like nice. uh, the new uh, spokesman for CeCe's Pizza. Do you know <laughs> CeCe's Pizza? Do I know CeCe's Pizza? <laughs> yeah. Dude, okay, I'm from Kansas City, and we would freaking go to CeCe's all really? the time. Really? Is that true? It's 100% yeah, true. Right. And uh, we would go there, and I would eat until I would get sick. Because for, <laughs> people, for people who don't know what CeCe's is, it's a buffet-style pizza for fat people and Midwesterners and the South. Do they have CeCe's out here? No. I never even heard of it before I booked oh. this commercial. <laughs> That's so great, Ugh. dude. We used to go there after games. We we'd go there because it's che- it's so cheap too. Yeah, it's like six dollars for all oh, you can eat pizza. Good. So it's like going to Little Caesars, but like having a buffet of like that's awesome. Yeah, you they have mix dessert, and match. They have dessert and like, pizza. Oh. They have like that's so funny. <laughs> like I don't is that yeah. a, a real company? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. I figured it was. I was just like oh, I guess it's just not in California. Yeah. That's uh-huh. awesome. Well, congrats. So, that makes thanks. me extra happy. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm filming that on a uh, uh, couple days. Couple I, I days. hope the next time I visit Kansas City, it's playing on the closed circuit television. Yeah. Like, <laughs> As my boy Gray Lion. In CC's, they yeah. just play their own commercials <laughs> yeah. over and over. They, it, like, would, it wouldn't be like above them. Wi- like, some, <laughs> like some not subliminal messaging at all. Yeah. yeah. It's like, that would be so... Can you imagine that? That would be so awkward where you're like... You're in the place and you're like, I already picked to come here. Yeah, you already Why? sold me. <laughs> yes, you are, I'm already Stop buying it. this. Yeah. Why are you playing these commercials? These glamour shots of the <laughs> food that's just sweeping through. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've, had, I've booked a few commercials. It's been nice. I mean, that's one of the nice things where it's like, I always feel like when I'm not on the road... I'm never like, ugh, I should be out on the road because I'm like, well, I'm going on auditions now that I'm in town. So yeah. I always feel like I have something going on. If I'm on the road, I'm working on stand-up. And if I'm in here, I'm doing auditions and doing all that That's sort of so stuff. Do, do your agents like fight with each other? Because I would assume like a commercial agent is like, Grant, got to stay in town. Yeah, gotta oh yeah, totally. They're, I mean, I just don't even really ask them anymore. I'm like, this is what I'm doing. And they're like, all right. Because yeah. I have booked enough commercials that like I've proven to them that i'm worth keeping oh yeah i feel like if i hadn't booked any commercial they'd be like well <laughs> we're not wasting so- our time on you anymore yeah uh because it is frustrating when they're like oh we 
Like every time I go into the office, it's always like, oh, hey, Grant. Like, oh, I just wish you were in town more. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> oh, you're doing great. Wish you were in town more. Like that sort of stuff. But like, you know, that's the thing is that you define your career. The, yeah. the other people are part of your team. And, and I obviously want input and I want help and stuff like that. But I'm also not going to like sacrifice what I want to keep somebody else happy. Yeah. Uh-oh. I would. So. I, I'm always surprised when stand-ups have no desire to audition for like commercial type stuff or anything like that. Yeah, because it's a way to fuel you doing more totally. stand-up. Yeah, it gives you money to yeah. like like hold out on the bad times and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> that's like one of the. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't understand it at all to me. Cause like some people have that, like, well, I'm an artist and I'm not going to do that sort of stuff. Yeah. But that's w- what can help give me money to do my art. You I, know, exactly. even like yeah. someone like a Patton Oswalt, who by many people would be considered one of the best alternative comedians out there mm-hmm. that, that has existed. And, even he did King of Queens, which is one of the most mainstream <laughs> shows of all time. And he even said, like, when some I've heard people have called him out on that before, like, how can you be like this alt comic when you did King of Queens? And he was like, King of Queens gave me the money to do the Comedians of Comedy tour. Yeah, which is like the pinnacle of alt comedy tours with Maria Bamford and Zach Galifianakis and Brian stuff Posehn, like that. Yeah. Brian Posehn yeah. and. You know, that's what he was saying. He was like, that show gave me the money to do what I wanted to do, which was this tour. Yeah. So I'll never, I'll always go out for commercials. If they can keep giving me money to do what I want to do creatively, goodbye me. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll sell out as long as I can, uh, <laughs> as long as I can sell back in. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, honestly, too, with, uh, with commercials and stuff, when people see your face on TV, it's almost like a subliminal thing whenever you maybe do headline in these random yeah, towns. Yeah. Where I was like, is that the CC's guy? <laughs> is that, we, should, we should go see him. He, totally. He's like a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that all, like, it, it helps you, uh, like, in the long run. Here's a question for you I've always wondered about. Like, like for instance, like the Verizon guy. Yeah. That dude was just a regular actor before oh, yeah. he became the Verizon guy. Mm-hmm. Now he's so recognizable as the Verizon guy, he'll never... He can't get other He'll, he he'll do never it. do anything yeah. ever again the rest of his career. Yeah. I mean, unless it's 10 years and he looks completely different or whatever. But that guy is never going to be on a TV show. Same with uh, never gonna, Flo. Yeah, totally. Because yeah. she, uh, she was on Mad Men before. I know. Like, and, she's and, and, and she's hilarious. Yeah. I've seen funny. her live. It's but like, what would you do? Like, Those people are also multiple millionaires <laughs> yeah. right. from doing those commercials. Like, yeah. Would you do that and have, have millions of dollars for being this spokesperson, but then you don't really get to be... What artistic. you want to be, yeah, like a serious actor or whatever. I don't know. It's a hard. It's hard. I w- I wouldn't be able to 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 do it. Like, I, it sounds. I mean, it's such a different situation if people are throwing millions at you or whatever. Yeah. But I would rather like struggle and be working towards something like making a name for myself and comedy, and be you know whenever I die or whatever, be like he was a good comedian. Rather. He was a good spokesperson yeah, for yeah. this brand or whatever. Like yeah. I'd much rather just keep struggling and barely scraping by than to just oof, would you yeah. just, would go you do all in with that. I think it's a little bit different for us stand-ups than it is for an actor right. because you might be able to 
Because you could still do stand-up. Right. After, after being the spokesman for that sort of stuff, yeah, you'd have to have some dumb jokes about being the spokesman yeah, for that to, sort yeah. of stuff just to let people get past it. Yeah. And I'm sure you would, after five years of doing the same dumb 10, min- ten minutes of material about being that spokesman, you'd want to kill yourself. But <laughs> you could still do another you might be able 45 to rise above minutes it. of, yeah. yeah, once you get sort of past that, then... You can be whoever you want to be as a comic, and I think as a comic you can redefine yourself. Like that's how Bob Saget's able to do it. Totally, he's that wholesome dude, and now he's yeah. stand up. You like, know who's interesting about that? Do you know Tom Wilson? Who is uh, he's a stand up, and he's been a stand up for a long time. He's the guy that played Biff in Back to the Future. Oh yeah, he has a, like all a Netflix the, special. Yeah, and, yeah, and stuff. And he's like a serious stand up in the sense that like he's been working on it for years. He's not just like a famous guy that's like doing stand up. Like he really works at stand up a lot. And I and I remember opening for him one time, and he was like, "No, I have to do a few minutes up front of about being." <laughs> it's from, too distracting. Yeah, if you don't address it. Yeah, and so he does like a song and a couple bits about being Biff and Marty McFly and all that sort of stuff, and then he just moves on and never addresses it again the rest of his show and does like forty-five minutes of good comedy. Wow. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. I wonder if he. I wonder how much he tried to. I mean, I'm sure he tried to get other roles after. I'm sure he Biff. probably had some other roles too, just none that we recognize so, him yeah. from. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. What? Some, go, ahead. go ahead. You go, guys. This just I, got real awkward. I, uh, I lost <laughs> my train of thought, so I was like, "Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh what? Um, what was like some of the like uh, rougher times with um." With stand up and trying to get by with um, with comedy out well, here in LA. I mean, I will say that like I made a plan and that plan worked, but it there was a question for a while of what. It, so my plan was, you know, I was up in the Bay Area doing comedy. I told you I was like, you know, featuring on the road, and I kept multiple part time jobs just so I could like make ends meet, and I saved like ten thousand dollars or yeah. something like that. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna move to LA. I'm not going to get a part-time job and I'm just going to like dive headfirst into everything that it is LA. And so when you moved to LA, you weren't living off comedy yet? I was not really living off com- because I was like, I don't want to feature anymore. I'm going to move to LA and try to become a headliner. So I wasn't leaving at all. And we all know that like the only way you don't make any money at stand up in Los Angeles, you have to leave town yep. to make money at comedy. And so when I came here, I like lived rent free for like six months and like, was living on those savings and whatever odd jobs I got. And uh, and then I w- was putting stuff on my credit cards. Uh, <laughs> yeah, burned through like the 10000 Yeah, so I got through the 10000 and was uh, $12,000 in credit card debt. Oh, shit. Within that first year that I lived here. And wow. I literally, I was, I had two credit cards and both of them had a $6,000 limit on them. (laughs) And I was like $6,000 on one and like $5,500 on the other. And I literally was like, well, I've really given everything I could to this. Either something has to happen right now or I have to like rethink everything. And right then, like literally like, a week after that is when I booked NACA National. Wow. And then I went and did all those colleges and made like $75,000 in like three months and paid off all my debts and paid off all that sort of shit. So, I mean, that's what I mean. Is it like 
I, my plan was to like save that money, come down here, dive in and hope something happened. And I put all my eggs in that one basket, man. And it was rough for a while. It was like, you know, going to bars with friends and then being like, Hey man, you want to have, like, you want to get a drink? And I was like, no, I can't, no, I I can't get a drink. Like I can't, I can't do anything. I can't, I couldn't. I mean, I was, there was a time when I was eating ramen every day for a meal, like literally every single day. Uh, there was a time, there was a time in San Francisco before I moved where I had to move out of a place and I couldn't afford a place. So I like, was just like, I moved everything into a storage unit and then was just like sleeping on couches or if like I didn't have a couch, I'd just sleep in my car or I'd sleep in like parks or things like that for like a month. Mm. Uh, Slept outside. I slept outside like on park benches or stuff. I had like a sleeping bag and things like that, you know? So it's not like I did a ton of that, but there were nights. There were nights. You know? Yeah. There were nights. Uh, wow. So, I mean, that's one of the things when I like, when people are like, oh, I want to be a comedian. And I'm like, yeah, do it. But if you're not willing to do that sort of stuff. Yeah. Don't even don't, start. Don't even start. Yeah. Because like, that's what it takes. It takes all of you yep. to make it happen in this business. And I, for a long time, like because I was so poor and because I was so focused on comedy, I didn't go on a date for four and a half years. I don't even mean like I don't I don't even mean like I didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't go on a single date for four and a half years. I would be I would like a girl would like I'd meet a girl at a bar or somewhere and she would give me her phone number and I'd be like, Oh yeah, great and like and literally that night I would delete it out of my phone so I wasn't oh tempted to call her. <laughs> Like I would literally do this. I was like aggressively single, like because part of it was like I don't have any money to take you out to dinner. Yeah. I literally cannot take you out to dinner. Like what am, what am I gonna do? What am I? I'm not. There's no point in me even trying. Uh, and so <laughs> one of the first dates that I have with my girlfriend, who I'm still with now. I invited her over and I made her grilled cheese sandwiches. Yeah, because <laughs> I and she like ate them and was down, and I was like. All right, I can be with this girl for yeah, a while. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah totally. Down <laughs> That's awesome. Me money. Yeah, but yeah, man, there was a lot of lonely years there. You know what I mean? Like that was that was always the hardest for me. Was that, you know, when I was younger and I was doing that featuring on the road and stuff like that, and I'd go out for like a month at a time, and I would literally be, you know, I didn't have a girlfriend. I, nobody even. I was like, I could die in my hotel room, and people wouldn't know for <laughs> days. <laughs> That's that's a, of course like a perfect example of a yeah. comedian's train of thought. Like, if I die in here, is anybody even gonna care? While well, no. featuring this week, it would like, take yeah. a couple of weeks of them to figure it out. Yeah, yeah people won't even know where I am. You know, <laughs> it's a uh, depressing thought. <laughs> well, we're uh, we're about to wrap up uh, with the podcast here, but it's we... time for the Hollywood bitch that. <laughs> ah! We're still working on our sound effects. All right. <laughs> I like them. I like the effort. So we prepped you a little bit before yeah. the podcast. Um, it's w- one time while you've been uh, pursuing comedy, uh, acting, writing, um, that one specific story that was just terrible. Can I tell you uh, two really quick ones? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, I got two burning on my brain. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. One, the first audition I ever went on for like a TV or film thing in LA. Yeah. It's like I'd been on maybe a couple commercial auditions, but this was like auditioning for some like a role you know yeah. like an under five role but still for like a tv show and i'm stoked right and i made the fatal mistake of not turning my phone off before <laughs> i went into an audition oh no and the role called for me to be like looking up stuff on my phone and then like responding you know what i mean yeah and so i'm literally 
I have no idea how it happened. My dad calls me <laughs> in the middle of the audition, <laughs> and my phone starts ringing, like, right there. Everybody can see that it's happening, and I'm, like, freaking out, and I'm just, like, pressing buttons to try to get it to stop, and somehow I turned it on to speakerphone. <laughs> so now my dad, in speaker, in the middle of the audition, is like, Grant, Grant, are you there? What are you doing, Grant? And I'm like, ah! ah! And I'm, like, kind of trying to do the lines, but panicking, obviously panicking as I'm trying to turn off my phone. Yeah, so that was a fun, like, uh, lesson to learn right away. I was like, turn off your goddamn phone before you go into an audition room. Did, what did yeah. they, did they say anything? Did, did they just say, thank you for coming in? Yeah. And, yeah. They were just, I mean, they, they were nice, like, but they were like, oh. you don't get another chance. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, thank thank you. Uh, have a great rest of your day. And yeah. I just like walked out. And I called my dad and I was like, dad, I know that you don't, you weren't trying to do this, but fuck you right now. <laughs> like, it was like so... I was so pissed about, not at him, but just that I pissed at myself mostly that I didn't turn off my phone and oh, stuff yeah. like that. But I guess it was a good lesson to learn early, right? Yep. Uh, and the other Hollywood bitch slap, I'll tell you about the worst show I ever had. Uh, I was featuring uh, at this club in uh, Akron, Ohio. And okay. uh, Saturday Late Show, which is always the show that people are the most drunk at and the yeah. most like rowdy at and stuff like that. And... Uh, the host is this guy who's been doing comedy for like six months. So he's a nice enough guy, but like doesn't know how to like work a crowd Handle or anything lobbies. like that. Yeah. And so from the very beginning of the show, people are just yelling stuff out. <laughs> just like <laughs> show starts immediately doing stuff. And nobody in the comedy club is like, hey, well, we should probably stop this now. <laughs> like everybody's like, well, yeah, this seems like comedy, right? Like, and so I walk up on the stage and I'm like, well, I have two choices either i completely ignore everything anyone says and eventually they'll just get bored of yelling stuff out and shut up or i go up immediately and start ripping into people to show them like i know what i'm doing you can't get away with this with yeah. me so i pick the second option okay. so i walk up on the stage and i'm immediately like making fun of people but i'm trying to do it in a playful way where i'm like I got like there's this like table of four ladies and I'm like oh if you guys don't shut up I'm gonna have to pile drive your table yeah I watch 90s <laughs> wrestling and like you know just saying it like that way where I'm trying to make it like right. playful but I, it's, I'm also being like hey you gotta be quiet and uh, and it worked for like the first like five six minutes of my set people were paying attention people were laughing at all my bits people were into it and then probably like seven eight minutes into the set like little fires just start popping up <laughs> yeah. all around where it's like table conversations here or someone yelling out stuff here. So then I'm like not doing jokes. I'm trying to like address people like, oh, I have to talk to this table to get them to shut up. Okay, now I have to talk to this table to get them to shut up. Then the club seats this younger couple, probably mid-20s, right up front, like 10 minutes into my set and sits them right there in the front where there was an empty table. And they were determined to finish whatever conversation they were having outside at full volume <laughs> sitting in the front row. And I was like, okay, they just got seated. Like, I'm not going to say anything. I'll let it happen. But I probably let them talk for like a minute until finally I was like... Which is eternity, by the yes, way. Yes, like it a long like time. It feels like so long. Like, as I'm trying to do jokes, but everybody can hear these people talking <laughs> really loudly. Uh, and so finally I go up to them and I'm like, hey guys, like, I don't mean to be a jerk, but like, like you're talking really loud and I can hear everything you're saying. And most people in that situation will be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm embarrassed. Like, oh, I, I didn't realize. Like, yeah. I'll be quiet. But the guy goes, oh yeah? What am I saying? <laughs> and, I, 
And I was like, what? Are you coming at me? Like, And I was like, no, I'm not listening to what you're saying. I'm just saying that I'm trying to do a show right now and you're very distracting. Yeah. And again, he goes, tell me what I'm saying. Uh. And I was like, I'm not listening to the words coming out of your mouth. All I hear is you being a dick. <laughs> or, or no, I said you being a douchebag. And then the whole audience goes, oh. <laughs> and I was like, what? In a, in a, like you're mad in a at non-supportive me? way. In a non-supportive okay. way about like oh, like oh you just oh, called you, that you guy a douchebag and I was like what how oh am I the God. jerk in this situation? Yeah. Like are you and I was like literally like incredulous. I was like are you seriously mad at me right now? And someone yelled out like yeah you're a dick. And I was like <laughs> me I'm the dick in this situation. And I was like what about this guy? And someone else was like yeah you are a dick. <laughs> And I like, I'm like, are you kidding? Like, I'm like, I'm so, uh, I'm so angry at this point. And so I go to that table of four ladies that I was saying like the stuff about uh, pile, pile driving. driving to, and uh, and I go to them and I'm like, come on, you ladies are on my side. You like me? And they go, uh uh-uh, uh, we think you're a dick too. What? I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I haven't mentioned to this point of the story because it wasn't important until now. But that four, that table of four ladies were all black. And at this point in the story, after they're like, no, we think you're a dick too, a table of like six or seven white guys sitting in the back of the audience yells out, don't listen to them. Your grandparents used to own their grandparents. (laughs) And now I'm like, back to, I'm like whoa 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 not okay like they do not speak for me in this situation yeah. like I, I this is I'm not okay with that being said I'm not on board with this I don't support what you're doing and rightfully so these ladies are upset they stand up from their tables and they're like come say that to my face motherfucker huh, huh? come say that to my face they're like looking at the other table and now that table like the table white guy stands up and they're like what are you gonna do about it huh bitch like they're like yelling across the audience at each other and I'm on stage being like well there's nothing I can do here in this situation and so finally for the first time in the whole weekend the comedy club was like well we should probably do something about this so they walk up to them and instead of kicking them out or anything like that. They're just like, actually, you have to sit down. You can't stand up during a comedy show. You can't stand oh, up. Oh, my god. So goodness. they make everybody else sit down, and then everybody turns to me on stage like, this is your fault. <laughs> and so, like, arms crossed. And so I'm like, I have, like, 15 more minutes to do oh. in my set. Oh. And so I'm, like, trying to make, ah, racism still exists, joke, or like something like that, and that doesn't get any laughs. And then I start trying to be like, well, relationship material, right? Well, like, go that angle. doesn't get any laughs. I did 15 minutes to not a single chuckle. It got to the point where I was like sitting on the stool on stage looking at my watch, telling a joke, and being like, six minutes left, and then telling another joke, and be like, five minutes and 30 seconds left. To not a single chuckle the rest of the Good. show. Yep. Haven't been back to that club since. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. rough. Oof. So Hollywood bitch slap. There you go. That definitely qualifies. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, thanks so much for uh, coming by. Uh, now's a good time to plug anything like your Twitter, Facebook, whatever that you want people to. Yeah, uh, sure. I'm uh, Grant Lion one the number one on Twitter. Because uh, some other jerk took my name first. Uh <laughs> And you could go on my website too, grantlion.com. It's L Y O N. Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Thanks, fellas. Dude, thanks for coming by. And uh, yeah, yeah loved hearing uh, your uh, comedy theory and uh, different stand up stories. Thank you. Appreciate it, fellas. We wish you success. All right.